Sherry and Janice. Amen. Ain't God good? Amen. Our, uh, some of our youth went with Sam today. He's preaching. Um, he's preaching at another church, and uh, they went to support him, and I'm mad. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think it's awesome. Man, he really has built a relationship with these kids, and uh, that's, that's so awesome. So pray for their safe trip back home. They went all the way to Charmco. So uh, <clears throat> I, I got a lot of stuff I want to say, so I'm going to try to condense it down because Brother Eddie told me years ago, what's more dangerous than a preacher with no sermon is a preacher with five sermons <laughs> because he puts them all together and you're sitting there for an hour and a half going, man, I wish he would stop. But I'm not going to do that to you. Um, Isaiah 55 and 11, I'll read this and then I'll let you sit down. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Before you sit down, I want you to hear this. If God has spoken, if God has spoken, then we should hear what he has to say. Amen? You can be seated. Uh, the argument is that God doesn't speak. Some have argued that this book, this Bible that you hold in your hand, is nothing more than good literature. Uh, I had a fellow that we witnessed to for years on and off, and somebody asked him, could they get him a Bible? And he said, I have a Bible. And he said, I have it right on the bookshelf beside of Harry Potter and beside of Lord of the Rings and all the other fiction books I have. And that's a very dangerous statement, Randy. Because there are, there are a lot of books that can inform you. But there's only one book that can transform you. There's only one book that he said, lo, he said, I come in a volume of a book. It is written of me. And though it is the most sold book, I think it's the most under, misunderstood book. But you've got a Bible in your hand, and if God has spoken, it would do us good to listen to what he has to say. He said, my word that goeth forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void. I want to start out by saying that we serve a speaking God. We know that. God spoke, and when God spoke, it happened. When God speaks, Brother Kevin, create, creative things happen. We see in the book of Genesis when God spoke. Uh, to you young people, I want to pause right here. Here's a commercial. Evolution is a lie. Uh, it started as a theory, taught as a theory, and now it's taught as fact, but I want to let you know evolution is a lie. Let me say that again. Evolution is a lie. So what you were taught in the public school system is a lie. And what scares me is they change stuff and they never call me back. I never got a recall on my education. They just switch stuff up. You know, if the steering wheel's messed up in my truck, GM has to send me out a recall and I have to take it back in. They say, hey, we messed up. 
But never once has Independence High School called me and said, hey, we changed some stuff, and here's a recall on your education. They just send me off, and they change whatever they want to change. But I learned something years ago. I've got a book that doesn't change. There'll never be a recall on this. God will never recant anything that he has said in his book. Man, how powerful is that? You can say a lot of stuff, but man, when you put it in text form, when you write it down, lawyers say, well, if you didn't write it, you didn't say it. Well, God said, I said it, and I wrote it, and I'll stand by it. Man, how awesome is this book that we're holding? He said, my word will not return unto me void, but it will, it will accomplish that which I please. Now, when God speaks, creative things happen. But not only do creative things happen, when God breaks the silence, destruction can happen as well. We put God on this one side, and, and we only preach one side of who God is, uh, that's heresy. When we only preach the blessing side of God, when we only preach the love side of God, and we don't preach the wrath side of God, we don't represent him right. When we only preach the grace side and we don't preach the law side, we misrepresent who God is. You will never understand the grace of God unless you understand the law of God. You will never understand how great heaven is until you understand how horrible hell is. You'll never understand how awesome it is to be free unless you understood what it was to be bound. So when we preach one side of God, we preach heresy. But God is not, God is very complete. God is love. Amen? God is love. There is nothing that you can do that will make God love you anymore. But not only is God a God of love, he is also a God of wrath. And he is a God of holiness. Uh, when we leave that part out, then we don't understand how awesome it is that a holy God would allow us into his presence through his grace. We sing the songs, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, which is to come. Zach, we cannot sing that song without fear unless we understand the grace and the mercy of that holy God. The holiness of God presented me a problem because I was carnal, sold under sin. But the Bible says the law was spiritual. So the law pointed out to me my failures and my shortcomings. And I didn't understand how lost I was until the law. Sin is not imputed where there is no law. But once the law came, I understood how fallen I really was. Once I realized how fallen I was and how holy he is, his holiness is what separated me from him because I was a sinner but through God's grace he made a way that I could come boldly to the throne and approach a holy God even oh do you know about what God did for you second Peter chapter 3 second Peter chapter 3 it's all right if I read a little bit of this man I, I love reading after Peter why I don't know if he hung around with Thomas or not but Peter has a way of trying to convince the skeptic about truth. Peter has a way of laying it out. And like I said, maybe, maybe he hung out with Thomas and was like, man, how can I get people like you to see this truth? Unlike Thomas, I didn't get to touch Jesus' hands. Unlike Thomas, I didn't get to touch his side. I mean, how convincing would that be? How convincing would it be if Jesus showed up and said, Thomas, here, touch my hands. 
I mean, come on, if you touch Jesus' scars, how much more convinced would you be of your faith? But I, I didn't get to do that. So I've got to look through Scripture and find out that the Bible tells us, though, though now, though we don't see him, yet believe, we can rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is a Christ of history, but there is a Christ of experience. Let me say it like this. I was not there when he was crucified. That's the Christ of history. I was not there when they buried him. I was not there when he rose again. I was not there when he ascended. And I wasn't there on the day of Pentecost when he came back as the Spirit and filled each one of them. But let me tell you, there's not just a Christ of history. There is also a Christ of experience. Though I wasn't there when he was crucified, I was there the night that his Spirit began to call me out of a life of sin. I was there the night that they buried baptized me. I was there when I was raised to walk in the newness of life. I was there when his spirit came in and took out my stony heart and gave me a heart of flesh. I have experienced him. And that experience you cannot take away from me. You've come too late to tell me that Jesus ain't real. You've come too late to tell me that he can't change a heart. You've come too late to tell me that he can't take away depression and give me joy. You've come too late to tell me that he won't take away my ashes and give me a song. You've come too late to tell me that he can't take the spirit of heaviness and give me the garment of praise. You've come too late. Because I have experienced him. And he is very much a personal savior. I heard him talk about him. I heard him sing about him. I heard him testify about him. For year after year after year, I heard about Jesus. But then one day, I met the one that they were singing about. And once I met him, my life has never been the change. Can I get a witness in this house right now to say amen? I'm not who I was. Peter had a way. He's the one that told us to be able to give an answer. Second Peter chapter 3. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both, which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Man, I like the way he puts that. Stir up your pure minds. Do you know you can have a pure mind and still be stirred up? Let me say that again. You can have a pure mind and still be stirred up. You don't have to have an arrogant mind, a grouchy mind, a hateful mind to get stirred up. You can be stirred with righteous indignation. Amen. We have an enemy. The enemy is the devil, and we ought to be stirred up. I find it very interesting. Uh, leave it alone. No. Yeah. Do it. I find it very interesting that people that drink Bud Light are willing to boycott over values more than Christians are their values. I find it interesting that a beer company is losing sales over values and Christians still frequent Starbucks and all these places that slap the gospel in the face. I don't know about you, but I have a problem with that. I told y'all. You said it. You said go ahead. You can have your pure mind stirred up. And we ought to be stirred up at the things around us. Evolution is a lie. There's only two genders and Jesus is coming back. Amen. 
I don't care what social, uh, I don't care what our society tells us. I don't care what they teach in a school system. I don't care about any, any of that because the truth is I count all of that as dung for the excellency of Christ. You've got a word that's greater than anything you've ever been taught and we ought to hold on to truth and forget about all the rest of it because it's the truth that got us in this and it's the truth that'll get us out of here. Amen. Man, I'm on a soapbox and I got to jump off. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking in their own lust. Let me tell you why a scoffer scoffs, because they want to walk in their own lust. The reason that we can that a person can look at this bible and say i don't believe that is true and scoff at truth and and play around with truth and not take truth serious it's not because their mind can't comprehend it it's not because they can't understand it. It's not because the Spirit's not willing to move in them. It's because they want to walk in their own lust. Any person that looks at the Bible and says that it's not true, the reason they do that is because they don't want it to be true because it demands submission to it and they don't want to submit. The difference is I accept it and they reject it. The difference is I believe it and they don't believe it. The difference is they try to suppress it and I try to proclaim it. The difference is no matter which way we look at it, it's still truth. But it's up to you. And, oh, and there's going to be a reckoning. There's going to be a reckoning. There's, it's going to come down to accounting. Are you in or are you out? You're either numbered in or you're numbered out. Can I preach to you today? Can I give you my heart? Because this word is true. And we need to know it's true. Not because grandma said it. Not because papa said it. Not because your mommy made you memorize it. No, because God said it. God said it. I read it. That settles it. No, if you don't ever read it, God said it. It's settled. If you never, ever accept it, it's still settled. He said, my word is forever settled in heaven. There's not one dot, not one till that will ever pass away from God's word. He wrote it. He signed it. We know who, oh, do you know how true this word is? Knowing this, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking in their own lust and saying, listen to what they say. Let me tell you something about sinners. They ask all the wrong questions. Let me tell you about somebody that wants to walk in their own lust. They ask all the wrong questions. Because they're always looking from a way to get around it. Chris, this book does not become a stumbling block unless you're trying to get around it. But when you're trying to walk around it, to us that believe it is a stepping stone, it takes us from glory to glory to glory. The Bible says raising us up to sit in heavenly places. But to somebody that wants to get around it, Nolan, it's nothing but a stumbling block. Knowing this, they're going to come and saying, listen to what they ask. Where is the promise of his coming? I've heard this since I was a kid. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Well, where's he at? 
we went to a men's conference one time. I think it was in Cleveland, Ohio. And as we was making our way up to the, to the door, there were some protesters outside. And there was a young man that would point and say, Jesus is coming. Look, he's right behind you. Ha, ha, ha. And he laughed. There was a lot of protests going on on the outside of this building. But let me tell you what was so awesome. In the middle of all that protest, as we waited outside, between 15 and 20,000 men began to sing Amazing Grace a cappella outside before we ever got in. Let me tell you what's awesome and what the devil hates to hear is unity. Because I didn't hear anything that guy had to say when we became unified. I didn't hear anything the protester had to say when we got unified when the church gets unified and we rally around the word of God can I tell you the lips of the lying will be put to silence can you say amen amen knowing this they're coming where's the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation listen to what the scoffer says he says, everything's still rolling the same way it was from the beginning of creation. But old Peter, Peter's got a way. Peter's got a way of reminding them. He says, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. He's saying, the reason that there was ever a beginning is because God created it. By his word. They're willingly ignorant of that. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. Inside of every single one of us, there is something that tells us there's got to be something more than what we see on the surface. Inside of every single one of us, even if you are demon-possessed, the demons inside you know who we are, and they tremble. Do you understand? I don't care what side of the spectrum you are. You still know deep down there's a God. You can deny it. You can fight against it. You can struggle against it. You can reject it, but it doesn't change it. For this, they are willingly ignorant of that the Word of God the heavens were of old. Now watch what he does in verse 6. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. There was a worldwide flood. Raise your hand if you're in the coal industry. You are in the coal industry because there was a worldwide flood. But what you hear sitting in a classroom is this. Through millions and millions of years, pressure on the swamps. Let me tell you how long it takes to make coal. About 4,300 years. How do you know? Because that's about how long it's been since the flood. Maybe a little longer. That's about how long it takes. You, you explain to me how all that plant life got underneath there. You explain to me how all of that, well, millions and billions of years in the swamp. A swamp couldn't produce that. We've already settled that. I'm not talking about Christian scientists. I'm talking about secular scientists that look at the swamps and say, there's no way a swamp could produce coal. And if it did, this plant life would have roots in the bottom of the clay. And there are no roots. I'm telling you, I've mined and pulled out tree stumps. And I'm going to tell you exactly 
exactly how they got there. There was a flood that turned everything upside down, and because it turned everything upside down, it created fossil fuel, and we got a job because of it. But I'm here to tell you, I know there was a flood before I ever mined a tree because God's Word told me there was a flood. The scientist says this. He said, is it impossible for there to be a worldwide flood? Well, why is that, Mr. Scientist? Because when it rains, it releases heat. Does it not? Has it ever rained and then you went outside and it was way worse than it was before it rained? After the rain? They said the, rela- the rain, if it rained 40 days and 40 nights nonstop worldwide, it would release so much heat that it would melt the earth. So there's no way there was a flood. What the scientist doesn't understand is the Bible didn't say that the water just came from rain. So what do you think? The writers knew that they would come up with this idea and thought they would throw this in there? Or do you think maybe God really did? Because when God speaks, things are created. But not only when God speaks are things created. When God speaks, things are destroyed. Either way, his word will not return unto him void. He looked at man and it repented that he had made man. It repented him that he had made man. And he decided to destroy man. Oh, do you understand that when God speaks? If you're in here today and you're saved, I thank God for you. And I'm glad for you. And I'm happy for you. Because the same word that spoke the sun and moon in existence is the same word that made you a new creation. It's the same God by the same power, by his same promise, by his same plan. And you are born again because God spoke his word into your heart and created you a new creature. If you are in here today and you are lost, you are on your way to damnation. And I'm here to tell you, it's the same God. It's the same God. It's the same God. You can walk walk in light or you can walk in darkness and you want to play with it you want to scoff at it you want to walk in your love man I feel preachy right now but they don't understand me, preacher. I want to live my, you know what the problem is? You've been raised from a little kid and they told you, oh you can just be anything you want to be. No you can't no You can't. No, you can't. Because there's a God that will require of you. He will require of you. You are the only one that is responsible for your soul. Get there and try to, you can't blame it on me now. You're here today. You're hearing it. Flatline right here. Here it is. If you don't, have the spirit in your heart and born again, you're going to hell. It's easy to scoff at it. It's easy to look at it and say, no, 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 that that ain't real. I'm going to put the Bible beside of Harry Potter. It's easy to say that. I'm just going to say that it's just a fictional book. The problem is, as Peter said, he said, I want to let y'all know there was a flood. But here's what they do, Nolan, and it scares me. Because you know how we know there was a flood? Oh, there's evidence all across this world. There are marine fossils in the tops of mountains. And you know what the scientist says? The wind blew them there. Are you, you, see, sinners say the craziest things. 
Because you don't want to believe what the Bible says. So you say, the, the wind blew a fish up in the mountains and created a fossil. Where are you from, man? Come up with all of this, these ideas to try to reason it away. The problem is the only way you're going to make it is to submit to the Word of God and what He says. Can I get an amen? But we want to resist. And the problem is we want the next generation to resist. Why would we do that? Why would it? Why it listen, I don't understand mass murder suicides. I don't understand it. I don't understand how somebody that wants to kill themselves will go in and kill everybody else and then themselves. But we live in a society that's just like that. I'm on my way to hell, and I want to go take as many people as I can with me. Well, I'm quite the opposite, pal. I'm on my way to heaven, and I want a mass conversion. I want to take as many people as I can with me to a place of life. Our society is on its way to destruction, and they want to take as many people as they can with them. I want to let you know, this ain't people driving this machine. This is principalities and powers. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against darkness. Amen. I'm glad you showed up this Sunday. Come back next week. It might be happier. Genesis 7 and 11. You should remember that, 7-Eleven. It's always open. 365 days a year. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I don't know why they have locks on the doors. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Do you see that? The scientist says, oh, if it just rained, it didn't just rain. The Bible is very clear that the fountains of the deep opened up. What is he talking about? The fountains of the deep opened up. I don't know where you got your education, but I'm going to tell you where I got my education. I got mine in a school system that never told me there was fountains in the deep. They told me there was an outer crust, an inner mantle. And there was a core. And I don't know how you picture that in your head, but the pictures they gave me, it was all dry. In the middle, it was very hot. And this is what the volcanoes are piped to, and it's just, but, but, in 2016, the Japanese decided they was going to drill a hole through the earth all the way through. Why don't they make jokes about us? Let's drill over there to America. I'm probably drilling to a Burger King. <laughs> As they begin to drill, they notice something. They said, man, there's something going on here. We're finding that there's a lot of water, a whole lot of water. And they begin to send these seismic little, these ultra, I don't know what they are. I'm not that geeky. But they begin to send these waves through the earth. And they said when they came back, they began to move in waves, and they knew that they were hitting water. You can look this up. You can YouTube this when you're, when you're, when you're busy, when you're just watching this up. Just reach over there and say, water under the earth's crust, and watch what happens. This is a relatively new scientific discovery. Pretty interesting to know. 
They say that there are about three times more water under the earth's surface than there is in the oceans. Hmm. Wow. How interesting. It's funny to me that the Bible told us in the book of Genesis that there were fountains in the deep. Now, there was no Japanese scientist back then, but there was a God that was telling a man to write some stuff in a book. The Spirit was moving on him, and he was writing down truth. Can I get an amen? Can I keep going? Do you got a minute? Psalms 24 and 1. Watch this. Because I, I, I want you to see this. I want everybody in here listening to this. Because, man, this is probably the most important message you're ever going to hear me preach. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in. Who, therein. Who owns it? The Lord. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. What did he establish on the floods? The earth. Is the Bible telling us already before the Japanese ever decided to drill? Was he telling us that there was water under? Absolutely. Why? Because the Creator understood. Why would Peter bring this up? Because he's telling the unbeliever, I'm telling you, as sure as there was a flood, you can trust the Word of God. As sure as this went down, you can trust the Word of God. Oh, when's he coming? When's he coming back? Can I, can I have a couple more? Can I have just a couple more? Psalms 136 and 6. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. Where is the earth above the waters? I'm going back, and I'm going to ask why Miss Sturgill didn't tell me this. I want to go back. I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't see the truth. Because this world don't want to give you the truth. What they want to give you is a lie. So that you believe that you are one little tiny insignificant speck in this mass universe. I'm here to tell you, you are. this earth is the center of God's attention. You know how I know it is? Because it's where he sent his son to. Oh, let me say that again. You're not just an insignificant little speck in this mass, ever-expanding universe. No, this earth is the center of God's attention. And I know that because it's exactly where he sent his son to die for this world. So you're not insignificant. No, you're pretty important to him. So much that he'd lay down his life for you. That ought to mean something. If you're bored yet, it'll get better. Hold on. Back to Second Peter, Shane. Chapter 3, we're going to read through this, and I'm going to let you go eat. Keep going down. Give me verse 6. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Look at the person beside you and say, that really happened. We were out in a canyon in Utah. And we had kayaked our way up into this little canyon. And we're walking along. You know, Tracy, she's an explorer by nature. She gets an honest from her dad. And there was a guide with a group of people. And instead of hearing what they had to say, she's like, let's get away from them. <laughs> was that where it was at? Arizona, sorry. she got to correct me all the time. I don't know where we was at. I don't even know what time it was out there half the time. 
don't laugh too hard. Now, listen, some places out there don't do daylight savings time. You're talking about weird. When you go into one place and they do and then they don't and you're in and out, you don't know what time it is. You're an hour behind, an hour ahead just by driving down the road. You're like, I don't know. Are you hungry? So we're out there and we get up there and this guy, this, this, this lady that they paid, she, she's talking to us and she's giving us information. She's like, don't touch those, <laughs> those flowers over there. They're poisonous. And, and I told Tracy she's probably just lying to us because we didn't pay her to take us in. And they're probably really nice flowers. <laughs> and she probably told the other guys, I seen these two people didn't pay you to tell them flowers were poisonous. And they all laugh at us. Y'all didn't get that, but it's okay. We, we make our way back. And, man, you could see in that canyon. She said, last week, she said, we were walking up there. And, and there was about 12 feet, 12 to 14 feet of that canyon bottom that was washed away. She said, this was her statement to me. She said, last week we were up there and a flash flood came through and took this out. And she said, so now you know how the canyons were formed over millions of years. I'm like, if one flood took out 14 feet, lady, it ain't going to take millions of years to get this canyon built. But, oh, there's one flood. There is one flood. One massive flood could come through and make what we see here. Oh, people are going to try to reason it away. I'm here to tell you, there's a God that made it all, and he's still got this world in his hand. Can you say amen? Amen. i got to hurry. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept store. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Hey, listen, has anybody heard that they're saying that all the ice caps are going to melt and the sea level is going to rise? Raise your hand if you've heard that. And they show maps of if it raises this much, how much of Florida will be gone. And Europe is in trouble because it's down there in that little hole. And I'm telling you, if it raises up much, I mean, it's just going to flood all of that. And, and, and they tell you all this stuff and, and, and they act like they believe it. I'm going to tell you right now, those people don't believe it. You know how I know? Because you can go to Europe right now and buy a house and get a 30-year mortgage on it. Do you think they're going to loan you money for 30 years if they think you're going to be flooded out here in a couple? They don't believe it either. Will this world be destroyed with water again? New. No, there is a rainbow. And it's there for a totally different reason. This world thinks it's there. It's there as a promise of God's mercy and God's grace. And it won't be destroyed with water. But I'm going to tell you, it's reserved under fire. There is a judgment coming, and it's not coming through water. It's coming through fire. You don't have to worry about being underwater. You've got to worry about it melting because fervent heat is coming, and it's going to melt not just the earth, but the heaven as well. So we're looking for a new heaven and a new earth. And Peter's telling us all about it. And as sure as Noah had a boat, Jesus is coming back. I gotta hurry. Do you not even notice one thing a day is a thousand years? Next verse. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Listen to what he's answering them. Listen to me, unbeliever. Listen to me, person that's playing around with the gospel. Listen to me, somebody that wants to walk in your own lust. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. Listen to this, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Would you like me to put this where we can understand it? You want to know why he hasn't came back yet? Because he's long-suffering and he wants more people to be saved. <laughs> 
Could he close the door right now? Yes. But he's saying right here, he is long-suffering toward us. He doesn't want any to perish, but he wants all to come to repentance. Just because he hasn't came back yet, it's a testimony to his mercy and his grace and his love. But as sure as there was a flood, there's a returning Savior. As sure as the prophets would prophesy, he is coming back. But that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also. And the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. This is where the sinner asked the wrong question. They ask, why has he not came back? My question is, because these things are true, what kind of person ought you to be? Seeing that all this is going to be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? If you're playing around with the devil, you're going to get in trouble. If you're not walking in truth, you're going to get in trouble. Josh, one day the door is going to close. One day, my spirit will not always strive with man. One day that holy God is going to, oh, he's going to turn on the judgment. And when he turns on the judgment, can I tell you, it's too late at that point. So why not get it right now before it ever comes and God's mercy is still flowing and his grace is still available. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of our God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The heavens on fire. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for, <laughs> woo, <laughs> new heavens, new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Can I tell you this? Listen, if you're saved, you're in a good spot. Because when the heaven's on fire, he's going to give you a new one. When everything is being dissolved, you all right. You're going to be all right. Oh, you're going to be all right. You're, no, 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 you're going to be all right. Let me say it like this. Nah, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I, God, I don't have a feeling. I got a promise everything's going to be all right. It don't matter how I feel. I got a promise. The promise is there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And because I walk in righteousness, because I have him in me and I'm in him and we walk in truth, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be in a land where dwelleth righteousness, no more sin, no more pain, no more sorrow. And I get kind of excited about it. But if you're not where you need to be, do not leave today. Come on, musicians, come on. Man, I love the way Peter sums this up. Does it seem like the last days been really long y'all know my story I share it with you often I'm an 80's kid born in 77 raised through the 80's 
I was scared to death my whole childhood. Armageddon. Anybody? Jimmy Swaggart had all these graphs pointing this way and that way. Then, yeah, we we talk about them a lot. Poor Jack. Jack and Roxella scared me to death. He quoted Daniel. Man, he wore it out. And Brother Eddie, I'm sitting there like, I'm not going to live to be a teenager. I, I, man, they had me so convinced on I was like, I, I probably won't even have to get a job. It's about to wrap up. Jack would quote scriptures like, the blood is going to be up to the horse's bridle. And Roxella would say, Jack, it's going to be so exciting. I'm like, Roxella, whoa, whoa, slow your roll, honey. Why is that so exciting for you? 88 reasons for 88. Man, 1988. Does anybody, was anybody alive then that remembers? 88 was the year Jesus was coming back for sure. Because the generation wouldn't pass away and Israel became a nation in 1948 and 40 years as a generation, 88, I'm telling you, it is on. I was living so good in 88. But then 89 rolled around and Barry White told me, he said, 88 reasons for 88 on sale, January 1st, 1989. So we look at it and we say, oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. But I'm here to tell you, as sure as there was a flood, as sure as there's evidence for the flood, Jesus is coming back. As sure as you coal miners have a job, every time you, every time you mine a ton, you ought to say, Jesus is coming. You know how I know he's coming? Because his word told me how this got here. And as sure as his word put that in place, Peter said he's coming back. He is coming back. Wind blowing fish into the mountains. Where in the world do they come up with this stuff? No, sir. No, sir. There was a flood, and judgment is coming again. Are you listening to me? It's coming again. Are you where you need to be? Are you right with God? Is your, is your soul right? Are you walking in church? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you. Get ready. Get ready. Because if I scare you, fear wears off. Don't it? You forget about it. You've been in a dangerous spot, and when you first get there, you're real like, ooh. After a while, you start getting used to it. I have. You just start getting comfortable with it. I mean, I should say, hey, pay attention. Pay attention. Don't forget. Man, you're in a dangerous spot, and you might be comfortable in that spot. But, man, I want to get you out of there today. As we sing, as we sing, if I preach to your heart, if I pricked your heart, if you said, you know, I just want to make sure. I want to have that conversation with Jesus, and I just want to make sure. If he's dealing with your heart right now, don't wait. Don't wait. Step out. Step out. Would you step out? Step out. Step out. Would you come? Let's pray with you. We'll pray with you. Don't worry about the person sitting beside you. They didn't die for you. 
They didn't make a way for you. Would you come? Would you come and pray? Now, if you're a believer, you ought to just be saying, thank you, Jesus. If you're a believer, you ought to just be so thankful that he brought you out and gave a promise to you that he's coming back. And if you're a believer, you ought to be excited that the same word that brought you in is the same word that's going to get you out. Because when God speaks, his word does not return to him void, but it will accomplish. Uh, if you're a new creation, would you raise your hand and just thank him for just a minute?